Hey, what's up, fam? It's your boy, Norm. It is, uh, yeah, no, where am I at? I'm confusing my two podcasts. Uh, welcome. <laughs> it's your boy, Norm, and I would like to welcome you to episode 75 of the Evangelical Norm, and uh, not the fact just that it's November 19th, and we're doing, we already did an update on the persecuted church around the world, so now we are on to episode 75 of the Evangelical Norm, and my title for today is, What Hath Vicky Beeching Wrought? And I know that's going to cause all kinds of problems, <laughs> but you know, not necessarily just Vicky Beeching, but Vicky Beeching and many like her who are taking and twisting uh, the scripture to justify their sin. You know, uh, again, I, when I did the book review for uh, Jackie Hill Perry's book, Gay Girl, Good God, I did a, a serious contrast between the two books. And the, the level of theology. And here's the thing is Jackie, when, when her book deals with theology, she doesn't have to twist anything, explain anything, wrangle anything to make it say what the Bible says. Vicki, on the other hand, and people like Matthew Vines, uh, Rob Bell, uh, any of these guys who write these books justifying sin when they they have to twist and turn and do apologetic or hermeneutic acrobatics with the word over and over and over again to come to the conclusion that they they need i mean bottom line is you know one of the things vicky beeching does in her book uh is she takes the fact that many southern christians use the Bible to try to uh, defend their practice of slavery, to say that slavery was condoned by the Bible, um, and the fact that they were wrong, she uses that to say, look, here's why I can say you guys are wrong about homosexuality. But the problem is, is she takes the exact same defensive position as the slave owners. She is... You, twisting scripture to say that something that is sinful is justified. And so, um, now there's another video that was out that went uh, kind of, I don't know if I would say it went viral, but it, was, it spread around Facebook quite a bit last week, and I saw it a few times as people that I know were sharing it. Um, so I wanted to address it, and and really, and and again, I don't know if this is a direct uh, result of Vicky Beeching, but it is a direct result of those like her who have written books to justify sin. So Matthew Vines, uh, you know, the list can go on and on. Um, and off the top of my head, I just can't think of anybody else because it's late. And, and so, but here's a guy, and I don't even remember his name. He mentions his name in the video, but the, the YouTube page is Queer Theology. He has a, apparently there's a web page and all kinds of other stuff. But this one was, 
I mean, it, it disturbed me when I saw it, and which is why I wanted to address it, because this is... <laughs> I'll let the video speak for itself. So let's jump right in. Jesus is polyamorous. Yeah, you heard me right. Jesus is polyamorous. We know this already. I'm going to start it over because I had it muted. So. Jesus is polyamorous. Yeah. You heard me right. Jesus is polyamorous. We know this already, though, even if we don't think about it or put it in those terms. If you're one of those Christians who believes in the importance of a personal relationship with Jesus, well, Jesus is having personal relationships with billions of other people, too. He's kind of a relationship slot. All right. So I guess I should have given a blasphemy warning. Um, but yeah, that's just absolutely blasphemous right there. I mean, the first sentence was blasphemous to say Jesus is polyamorous, given the definition of the term that we deal with today. You know, I mean, and he, he breaks down the, the word polyamorous, many loves. Jesus loves everybody. Um, so that's a given, but the way the word polyamorous is used now is many sexual relationship partners and that is absolutely not jesus and he's going to twist and turn and take uh, scripture out of context to um to try to prove his point and and then i'm going to explain again the the problem with it and i mean do, do you really need me to explain the problem with it uh, but, so, I'm, I'm gonna let him go on. An empowered reclaim sort of slot. Hey there, I'm Brian G. Murphy. I'm one of the co-founders of SpiritTheology.com. I'm a Christian, and I'm polyamorous. I'm also... Alright, no, Brian G. Murphy. You're not Christian. You are not a Christian. There is no Christian in the world who would use the statement, Jesus is a slut. None. Zero. I give you the same reaction I gave to Brendan Robertson a while back. Um, that's infuriating. And the fact that you claim to be a Christian? No. No, I'm going to tell you right now, dude. No, you're not. So kind of a slot. The reclaimed, empowering kind of slut. What is a reclaimed, empowering kind of slut? <laughs> this is this is where we, we, we're getting to, where the fact that people just... I mean, there's, there's no hiding it. You know, we are, we are literally looking at a Romans 1 situation, and I'm going to pull up... Um, Again, I probably could have done this before, um, but I'm going to get there now, and we're going to look at Romans, and we're going to deal with this in light of Romans. So, let me get there. And there, my, my phone just goes. So, we'll, uh, we'll start at 25. And this guy personifies this section of scripture. 
Um, therefore God gave them up to the lust of their hearts, to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason God gave them up to dishonorable passions, for their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature, and the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another, men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithful, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, do they, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. We should just call that the end of the video because Paul has spoken. This applies to, I mean, so many false teachers along the way, but this applies to Vicki Beeching. This applies to Matthew Vines. This applies to Brendan Robertson. This applies to this dude here that I've already forgotten his name, rightfully so. Um, Brian G. Murphy. I think, if that was, remember, right? Um, this verse, this section of scripture is talking specifically about these people who will take little bits of, of scripture and ridiculous statements of scripture and try to twist them and turn them into something that justifies sin. And so, again, you know, to outright come out and talk about, I mean, and, and I apologize if, if I could, should have also given a, a remove your kids from the room warning. But the, the repeated use of the word slut, uh, you know, Jesus is polyamorous, blah, blah, blah. It just goes on and on. And it's, it's, it's frightening. It's frightening that these are people that, that attend churches, churches, air quotes, um, that has have no uh, church discipline whatsoever, and continue to allow these people to uh, represent whatever churches it are is that they go to. So let's let him go on and continue to dig a hole deeper and make more of a fool of himself. Like Jesus, Jesus's polyamory goes beyond this personal relationship idea, though it's deeper, biblical even. In Ephesians 5, Paul specifically uses the word marriage to describe Christ's relationship with us. Repeatedly, Paul reminds us that Jesus gave himself for us. Us, the church, which Paul describes as the whole body of believers. In this marriage, Jesus isn't married to one person. He's married to the entire body of believers. Jesus is in a pansexual, polyamorous relationship with us. How do you... How do you go from... Paul using the allegory or the um, metaphor of marriage to Jesus being in a pansexual relation with us. Where, where, do you, where do you get that disconnect? Where does that come from? 
Because there's nothing in Scripture that leads us to ever believe that there's any kind of pansexual, pseudo-sexual, spiritual re sexual relationship between Jesus and those that he died to save. Yes, we, we do see that there is a, a, an allegory to marriage, which is how, what Christ is to the church. But it is, in, it is simply in him giving himself up for the body of Christ, giving himself up for the bride. It is, it is not a sexual thing. There is not a reproductive. Well, and, and again, I'm sure you would talk about making disciples as a reproductive issue. Um, but there's nothing to, to take the, the salvation, the, the death of Christ on the cross, to pay the penalty for your sin and turn it into a sexual uh, treatise for to be used for uh, glorifying and condoning sin is mind-boggling. I, I, I'm, I'm at a loss for words to see how this guy may... I mean, there's no way to make that connection. It is an, an argument without any any substance whatsoever. And so, of course, Christians can be polyamorous. That's a biblical model of relationship. Where? Where? The, the biblical model for relationship is, is Adam and Eve. It is, um, therefore, man shall leave his father and his mother and cleave unto his wife, and they shall become one flesh. You know, everywhere, and again, you're going to do what the Mormons do, or other groups uh, do, and try to say that, um, you know, Abraham had multiple wives, and David, and Solomon, and all these other people, and, and Jacob, um, Israel, and, and Jacob is Israel, but you know what I mean, um, that they had multiple wives, but the problem is with that is that is not a biblical model that is a descriptive uh, narrative of what happened and none of those were ever beneficial. They None of them, well, beneficial in the fact that the, the children that came from it and the lineage of Christ, but none of them were, um, what is the word that I'm looking for? Why can I not think of, none of them were good. None of them were good things. The situations that came out of them were all bad and sinful, and God had to redeem them. But it is made very clear throughout Scripture that polyamory, I mean, I don't know how you, I mean, just the, the I mean, you're, you're basing this off of one bad hermeneutic of saying that because Jesus has a, and, and again, the personal relationship verbiage isn't even in the scripture. It's something that, that has come up in the church and has been used that we have a personal relationship with Christ. That's not scriptural. I mean, we see a principle in there of, of Jesus, you know, telling Simon that, you know, and, and giving him a new name and, and calling him Peter and saying, you know, you know me and I know you kind of thing. A, there is a relationship, but this personal relationship with Christ is that that you're using is not 
is not scriptural. The, especially not the way that you're using it. We already recognize that God's love for us isn't diminished by God's love for others, and that each of us can have a unique, transcendent relationship with the divine. A unique, transcendent relationship with the divine. I mean, granted, no, God is infinite, so his love can't be diminished in any way. God infinitely loves me as one who has put their faith, repented of their sin and put their faith in Christ. And the reason why he can infinitely love me is because he sees Christ in me. And yeah, he still loves those. There is a, a, a love that the creator has for his creation that is a common grace love that uh that is still there even when those are those creations are judged and sentenced um and sent to the lake of fire um there still is a a love that god has but also he has to be just and he has to be the perfect judge and so it doesn't mean that he doesn't have that same common grace love for those people. Um, but he does have to um, enforce uh, and mete out justice. justice. So to, to say that this transcendent relationship with, with God uh, and to try to relate that to being polyamorous and sexual is, it's, Stupid. Our relationship with God can be a model for our romantic and sexual relationships as well. You know? No. No. Where do you get that? Where do you come up with that idea that our relationship with God transmits to our romantic and sexual relationships? Our relationship with God should uh, reflect in our... Uh, just day-to-day -day regular relationships with people but we don't have a sexual relationship with God that can translate because God is not a sexual being he gave us sex and it's a gift and it's a wonderful thing that you uh, have taken and and you and many others over centuries have taken and perverted but God is not a sexual being we are not the same we are not even of the same essence as him. Christ is, and Christ was not. I mean, he had body parts, and we'll leave it at that. But he was not a sexual being while he was here. We have no evidence of Jesus ever, one, violating the law and having sex before marriage. And we don't see any evidence of him ever being married. Because he is the bridegroom and his only bride is the church. How you feel when something good happens to someone you care about? When your friend, child, neighbor, or coworker connects with the divine? That's how I feel when my partners date or meet someone new or are just head over heels with someone else. How beautiful, how majestic that they get to have more love in their life. And how exciting that someone else gets to experience the amazingness of my partner. I'm at a loss for words. Um, to again, to equate, um, well, and and I've got to, I, I've got to make the assumption here that this guy is gay, 
because he keeps saying my partner. And so I can't imagine that he's talking about a woman. He's not talking about a spouse. He's not talking about a wife. So again, to make the, um, make the connection between a polyamorous, I can't even call it adulterous because you're not in a marriage, a fornication relationship with multiple partners to equate that to the salvation and the love of God is wow the word polyamory comes from poly and amorous many loves we all already have many loves the question then becomes how do you express that love with whom how do you do life we want to help you sort through those No, we don't. It's not there. What you're talking about isn't there. It is a fabrication of your own sinful desire to indulge in your own flesh and sin. Your own refusal to deny yourself and follow Christ. And so you're, you're fabricating these statements um, where there is absolutely no uh, substance to support those statements. Christians cannot be polyamorous. And we're just going to leave it at that. We're just going to put it at that. And we're going to uh, just, that's it. There's no, Christians cannot be polyamorous. Um, it's sinful. Um, it would be con either considered adultery or fornication. Those are the two, two places where that will fall under. And both of those are considered sin. Um, and the, I mean, there's no other way to, to, there's no other way to frame it. And the problem with this and this video and Vicki Beeching's book and Rob Bell's book, books, multiple now, um, uh, Matthew Vines, you know, all of these people who have, written books or made videos or do shows talking about uh, changing the, the, the tenor and the, the message of scripture, um, watering down the gospel, changing the gospel, um, making it uh, out that, that people don't need to repent and put their faith in Christ to be, to be members of the church, that, you know, universalism and... Um, you know, you name it, and these people are, are pushing it. The problem is, is there are people who are believing it, and it's becoming more and more um, 
mainstream. It's becoming more and more accepted. We're seeing more and more churches um, that were once good denominations that are going down the drain because of political pressure from the LGBTQ community um, and just multiple other venues that are avenues that are are coming in and, and attacking the church and compromising you know feminism and intersectionality and all of these other places that are coming in and watching the church uh, compromise on these things and we as Christians we as as those who know what the word says and stand on the the firm uh, foundation of, of God's word we've got to be more vocal we've got to have more people making videos like this I mean I've got a very small sphere of influence I've got I think now 32 subscribers to this page um, you know a few 400 some friends and maybe 10% of those if any see the videos when I post them on Facebook Twitter I've got almost 700 followers and again, at what percentage of those? And I mean, who knows how, how Facebook or, or Twitter is shadow banning or anything like that with these videos when they come out. So, but we need more and more Christians to be more vocal because these guys are being vocal. These guys are making videos and they're good videos. They're, well, I don't know how good it is. I mean, his quality of video is as good as mine, so you determine how good my video is and his is about the same quality so but they are being vocal they are they are making their voices heard and we aren't it feels like it i mean i know there are people we've got you know podcasts that are out there cross politic and sheologians and wrath and grace radio and i mean these are just the ones that i listen to so those are the ones that i can name doc and devo and you know and and these other ones and we need more. We need more. I mean, here, here's, I guess, my, my, my plea to get people to make me even more um, obscure and unknown is to get out there and, and, and be heard. You know, I want you guys to start your own podcast, to start your own video series, to do these things, to, to stand for the truth. And... You know, and I mean, I always say I'm not doing this to become famous. I'm doing this because I want Christ to be famous. I want Christ's word to be presented and, and known and heard. Um, and it's not so much about me, but I would love to have 500 subscribers or 2,000 subscribers. I'd love to have one video go viral and get a whole bunch of subscribers so the word can be heard, so the gospel can be heard. Is it not about me, but if one of you guys, you know, if you're listening to this today and you've got a computer and a webcam, get a good mic. Um, and I didn't do things right today, so I'm probably going to have double sound on that video again anyway, but I digress. Um, if you have a webcam and a computer and a mic or a phone, make some videos. If, if you are as... Um, committed to the word as I am, as committed to the truth of the gospel, as zealous for truth, and you want people to be saved, and you want people to hear the gospel, and you want Christ to be known, make some videos. 
do a podcast if you if you write write and put it out there and and don't don't get um discouraged by a lack of subscribers or likes or anything like that if one person hears it and reads it or listens to it or watches it and they hear the gospel that is sufficient that is doing what god has called us to do to to make disciples of all nations to to contend earnestly for the faith is what jude tells us in jude uh, verse 3 get out there and contend for the faith guys um make videos write blogs uh do podcasts go out on the street and evangelize even if it makes people that you know and love angry um check my live youtube uh video from the or live facebook uh video from the other day um but get out there and do it get out there and and make Christ known. Uh, defend the faith against these guys that are uh, twisting and and ultimately leading people down a path to hell. And I, 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 there's no other way I can state that. I can't I can't lighten that blow. But those who are encouraging people to follow false Christ, they're encouraging people to sin without repentance, to uh, encouraging those to um, that hell is not real and that that everybody is saved they're leading people to hell and they're going to have to stand I, and, and I firmly believe this as you read um, in Matthew 7 where Jesus says that there will be those who come to him and say Lord, Lord, did we not do these things in your name and he'll say depart from me you workers of iniquity I never knew you those false teachers who have led those people to that point are going to have to stand and watch. I firmly believe it. And again, I don't have any scriptural evidence that says this, but I firmly believe they are going to end up watching the people that they have led on the path to the wide path that leads to destruction. They're going to have to watch them be turned away by Christ before they themselves hear the same words, depart from me, you worker of iniquity, I never knew you. And I pray that that doesn't, I pray that all of these people, Brian G. Murphy, Brendan Robertson, Vicki Beeching, Rob Bell, uh, Jay Gibbons, um, trying to think of other people that I know that have, have, Jennifer Knapp, you know, all these other people that have, have walked away from the faith to indulge their sin. I pray that they would repent and put their faith in Christ and come back uh, and and be reunited with with the body of Christ and the bride of Christ. Um, not in a sexual way in any way, but in the most glorious spiritual way that we could ever imagine. That Jesus Christ went to the cross and paid the penalty for the sin that you insist on telling people that he is a part of blasphemously telling people that he is a part of he he even paid for your blasphemous assertion that he is a party to that sin and if you'll just repent and put your trust in him you can be forgiven of that blasphemous assertion that jesus is a party to your sin
and I hope you'll hear that and I hope I hope the Holy Spirit will convict you and draw you to your sin or try draw you to forgiveness and draw you to repentance draw you away from your sin and for the rest of you guys out there again if, if you can find a platform wherein to defend the faith whether it be through apologetics or whatever to preach the gospel um, to share the good news with those who, who will hear it find that platform and do it because it's exactly what I say at the end of every one of these videos preach the gospel at all times use words they're necessary and now I want a tangent because so many that are just trying to preach the gospel with their actions are causing this to happen are allowing this to happen because we're not willing to use words to stand up we just want to go well if I just live the way that then, then they'll ask me about it and that's not happening so again let me say it one more time preach the gospel at all times use words they're necessary and until next week Soli Deo Gloria.